You are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach. And although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority Podcast. And today we are going to talk about the relationship between a book and speaking engagements. And I can tell you that there is a direct correlation between the two. And I'm so happy to welcome Dave to the show. He's been in practice for 30 years. He's been the number one salesman in the country for two different companies in two distinct industries and selling situations. So I'm assuming that's the U.S. and I'm recording here in Canada. He has presented in five Canadian provinces. Woo! I love Canada. 11 countries and 47 states and authored 13 books, including his most recent book, The Good Book on Business. Some of his other popular titles are Question Your Way to Sales Success, 11 Secrets of Time Management for Salespeople, and How to Sell Anything to Anyone, Anytime. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thank you, Kim. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Dave, let's let's just get right into this a little bit because I think people think that you publish a book and you make the money from selling the book. But yeah. honestly, there's so many ways that you can use the book. So let's let me just ask you the obvious question. Is there mm-hmm. a relationship between, you know, publishing a book and getting those speaking engagements? Yes, there is, although it's sometimes it's very difficult to trace it, you know, but, but, but absolutely among other things, a book, if it's, if it's a well done book gives you some credibility and gives your message some credibility. So you're seen as a more credible resource than if you hadn't. You know, one of the things that I I found out early in this journey uh, with my entrepreneurship and then with being an author is that there are certain stages that you can't get on unless you are an author. Yes. Yeah, I would say there's certain stages you can't get on unless you're an expert. And being an author uh, is is an expression of your expertise. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not necessarily that you're an author, it's that you're an expert. And, and authorship gives you that, that sense of expertise. So Dave, share a bit of your story with us because I didn't get a chance to to tell the audience that, you know, you are a father, a foster father, adoptive father, grandfather to 14 children. You and your wife split your time between several different places. Your books have mm. been translated into eight languages available in 20 countries. Man, you've trained and consulted for over 500 individual companies. So I mm-hmm. want to hear a little bit more about your story. It sounds like you've had an exciting life. You know, and looking back on it, I would say it's been, yeah, it's been exciting. It's been a very, very full life, you know, in a lot of ways. But let me talk about, I think, the being very practical, the aspect of the book and the uh, speaking and, and consulting coaching career, you know, 
So I was I was in my 40s, and there's a whole story behind how I got there, but I decided I'm going to be a consultant for the rest of my life. And so I read the books about how you how you build a consulting practice. And they said two things, give seminars and write a book. And I thought, okay, I can do both. I was, I was as a child, if you had asked me when I was 10 years old, what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would say without hesitation, I would say a writer. I mean, it was, it was just in me, you know? So, so I did that. I gave, I gave seminars and I looked around for a book at what should I write? And I knew sales, of course, and I decided I'm going to write a book on wholesale distribution sales. And it looked to me like that was a niche market, too, too niche a market to appeal to a trade publisher. So the first book I did was self-published. And it was called How to Excel at Distributor Sales. It is the one instance where I can say I published a book and made money. <laughs> I mean, that, that you know, we sold that book for 25 years and had three editions and you know, published, self-published it. We sold it for 39 bucks. And, you know, it was, was a moneymaker. And not only that, I claimed, I claimed the position as the guru for wholesale distributor sales. And, and, and nobody else claimed it. So I did. And I wrote the book, you know, so that, so that was my first experience in writing a book. But then because I'm a writer, you know, you couldn't stop me. And so, so the next, the next one was a trade publication. And, Maybe maybe I can talk for a minute about the difference between self-publishing and a trade publication. I think that'd be a good idea. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So with with a trade publication, that means it's a publisher. You know, you know, go into Barnes and Noble, pull the books off the shelf. So, in order to do that, you have to get an agent if you're going to sell a nonfiction book. And in order to get an agent, you have to have a book proposal. So the first step in the process is create a book proposal, which is a pretty significant document, you know, 7,500 pages, very significant document, a lot of work. And so that's what I did. And then I found an agent who uh, liked the proposal. We went back and forth two or three times. And then he decided he's going to sell it, which is which is really an important piece, I think, of the whole process, because here you have someone who is making a living selling books, saying he or she will take a risk on your book. So as opposed to a self-published book where there's no one vetting it, here you have someone who's got a vested interest. And then and then he sells, he's got to sell it to a publisher, and that's his job. And and the same thing there, you have an acquisition editor at a company who who makes money publishing books saying, Yes, we think this book will sell. So there's two levels of vetting before the book even gets written, you know. And then you sign a contract and then you write the book. And and you know typically you're going back and forth with the with the publisher a couple of times and so you're getting it vetted again this time with an editor. So one of the differences I think between a trade publication and a self publication is, from my perspective, and and again I've done five and five or something like that of each, and uh, from my perspective the the trade publication is far more likely to be a substantial book. Mm-hmm. Self-published book could be anything because there's no limits. There's no borders. There's no barriers to entry. Nobody vets it. Anybody can write a book. That's not the issue. The issue is, is this gonna, somebody going to buy this? And when you have yes. people whose who's living it is behind it saying, yeah, we're going to publish it, that says something about the content in the book. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it 
you know, it's hard because so very few people actually get the opportunity to work with publishers. So sometimes mm. the only choice you have is to self-publish. Yeah. But I do agree that the because of the level of vetting and, you know, um, continuous vetting, uh, they do tend to be a higher quality book. But I want to just touch in on something you said there, because I think this is a misconception that that people have. They think a publisher is looking for a good book, like a book that's mm -hmm. well-written. Mm -hmm. No, they're not looking for a mm -hmm. book that's well-written. You said it. They're looking for a book that will sell. And yes. I think that's important to note because people think, oh, if I write a really good book, a publisher will want it. Not yeah. necessarily. Not necessarily the case at all. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, one of the issues is the relationship, again, between a published book and speaking engagement. And I found it to work in a couple of different ways. One is that the first book, the distributor sales book, because that was such a niche, you know, it was a tightly defined niche. And I could I could identify all the buyers, at yes. least in theory, you know. And so that's a key. That's a key to a self-published book is do you, do you have a very well-defined niche and can you identify the people within that niche? And so then became an opportunity for people to see me as an expert. And therefore I got speaking engagements mm -hmm. because of that book. Now, after that, I would say for the most part, it'd be hard, very hard pressed to connect a book to a speaking engagement, except one of my, one of my more recent books called how to sell anything to anyone, anytime. And that became, that became a world book went around the world was published in eight different countries, uh, eight languages, 20 different countries. And one of the one of the places it was published was uh, Colombia. Oh wow! And yeah, Colombia. And um, for, I, again, I don't know why my books always do better overseas than they do in the U.S. And this this is one. It was the best. It was became a bestseller. And so, as a result of that, very specifically, as a result of that book being a bestseller, I was invited to speak engagements in Colombia, and they were you know they were significant engagements. And one of them was a was a trade show. I was the keynote, and the publisher had had a booth, and the only thing in the book in the booth was my book. So there's 500 copies of my book, and and I had a I had a press conference, you know, the whole the whole thing, very specifically as a result of that book. But that was in a different country. So so uh, from my from my experience, again, it's very hard to connect a book to a speaking engagement for the most part. The book gives you credibility and sense of expertise, and that's what gets the speaking engagement. So it's a, it's a necessary step, but only on a couple of times. And of course, the case in Colombia was one. I had something very similar in Mexico too. You know, I think the thing is, is the people that I know that have been successful with their book with speaking engagements, <laughs> they they looked at the book as a tool they use. Yes. They didn't look at it as the field of dreams where they write the book and everything falls in their lap. Yes. They used it as a tool. So they were, you know, they were getting the book out there. They were creating buzz around the book. They were sending the book to, you know, to these booking agents and, yeah. you know, conferences and workshop coordinators and all these types of things. So the book became a tool that just made them stand out, but they used the tool to get the speaking engagements. Yeah, so particularly particularly with a self-published book, so you're gonna you know you're gonna get two hundred to three hundred up. So 
give them away. Absolutely. It is a tool. And so you ought to have, again, if you're trying to build a speaking or consulting practice, you ought to have a niche market in mind. You ought to be able to identify the buyers in that market, who they are. Mm -hmm. And so uh, send them a book, you know, you give them away. And, and that is the best way to get them in the hands of people because they're not going to find it. They're not going to come to you. You have to, you have to, you know, take it to them. So hopefully, you know, you send 10 books to 10 of them, maybe one of them read it and, and say, Hey, let's talk to this guy. I love it. Well, we're going to stop briefly for a quick ad break. Audience, if you've been thinking about writing a book for your business and wondering if you are ready, then make sure you listen to this. Writing and publishing a book that converts readers into clients and scales your business is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Get my free checklist at bit.ly forward slash create and scale that will show you what you need to do to have your book become a well-converting lead generating tool. Welcome back. Dave, I've really been enjoying this conversation. And, you know, let's go into this a bit deeper because I know that you've come prepared to really talk about this relationship. So I'm going to let you loose a little bit to share some of the things that you've prepared for us today. So specifically on the issue of speaking engagement and, and building a practice, using using a book to build a practice. Let me, let me just go off on a little bit on the margins of that. Let's talk about writing as a way to build a practice. And one of the things that that I did, I think that absolutely built my practice is, okay, we had we had a book and then we had, you know, several and then eventually we had 10. But more importantly than that was I wrote articles. And over the years, we collected a list of 400 or so trade publications. And, and back in the old days, before email and all that, I mean, we were doing it then, we would we would hard copy mail, snail mail, an article once a month to every one of those trade publications. And uh, anywhere from, you know, it was so it was simultaneous, sim, uh, sim, simultaneous, what's the word? Um, <laughs> submission, there you go, to, to multiple publishers at one time. But I retained a copyright and said, you can use this as long as you put a little blurb in, you know, my bio and you can, you're free to use it. And so any, every month, anywhere from, you know, zero to 50 trade publications would pick up the article. And that is more than anything else what led to uh, the growth in my consulting practice. People would read an article and then they'd call and say, you know, it sounded like you were talking about me personally in my business. And and we get in a conversation that led to either a speaking engagement or, or a consulting arrangement of some kind. So the, so the written word is a precursor to opportunities to speak and consult. Mm -hmm. And while a book is, you know, is 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 one uh, one way, the written word in articles and I guess today blog post is is another way. But again, the issue the issue has become, and this is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, the issue has become that anybody can write a blog post and anybody can write a book. And and so the so the world is cluttered with with people that has whose work has not been vetted and so it's more so that's a more there's more difficulty on the reader to select than there was in the past because you had somebody standing between you and the author so in the case of a trade publication you had the editor standing between you and the author these days there's no one between you and the author and so uh, so as a reader it's a little confusing and you have to work harder as a writer to penetrate that mass of stuff out there to, to get your word respected. Yeah, you know, that leads to my personal beef. 
you know, and that's people who think that you can use AI to, mm. you know, to write articles and all that and be seen as that expert in your niche. It just, mm. it doesn't, it doesn't work. Now, don't get me wrong. I think AI has some great uses. I do use it in my podcast. You know, my daughter helps me out. AI is really great for writing show notes. You plunk mm -hmm. the audio in, it analyzes it, you know, it spits it out. You still have to work on it a little bit, but it gives you a mm -hmm. nice framework. I think there there are some places for AI, but, you know, in terms of content, your voice, being an authority, sharing your expertise, that can't be done through AI. Yeah. You're not going to be seen as the expert. You're just going to be the same old blah stuff that everybody else is reading because your voice isn't there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I agree with you. There is a place for AI. We we use it to do a first draft of marketing messages, you know. So give it give it like like I'm doing a webinar later this month. So gave it the charge to create an email promoting the the webinar, and it did. And you know, it's a good first draft. But you have you have to work with it. Other than that, I really you know I really am opposed to attempting to use AI to write articles and blog posts and so on because it's. It's not, it's, it's deceptive. You know, it's not you. Yeah. It's, it's a lie. And I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about while you were talking is the fact that, you know, a lot of, a lot of my clients have told me that the process of writing their book actually helped them with their expertise. It helped them to put their expertise into a way that was easily explainable. And I think, you know, when you, when you publish a book and even if you self-publish now, don't get me wrong. Okay. My clients all self-publish, but I make sure the book is excellent before they self-publish it because okay. I won't put it up for them if it's not excellent. All right. So I do, I do all the vetting part for them, but that the process the process of the book itself yeah. actually enhances your expertise because now you have to explain it. So I think, you know, when we talk about the relationship between a book and speaking engagements, I think one of the things that, that's unseen is not the book itself, but the process of writing the book yeah. really helps you to cement that expertise and cement your messaging and you know cement the systems that you use and yes. cement the ways that that you explain things couldn't agree with you more the process is is incredibly important i like to think i'm not sure what i think about something until i start writing about it and mm. and the process the process of writing because it forces you to commit to words see yes. when it's all in your head it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to take that kind of specificity but when it comes in, in, out of your head onto paper and it's words on paper, you're committed to those words. And so they better be right. And so the, the process of writing about something is a way for me anyway to think about it and to discover what I know and don't know. You know, you know there's, a, there's another little piece of that, and that is speaking engagements. So one way to refine your message that becomes a book is to speak about it because there you get immediate feedback, you know? Yes. So if you have, you got a one-liner you love and, and you use it in a speaking engagement and nobody reacts to it, don't put that in the book, you know? So, <laughs> so it's, so you have an, you have an opportunity to get feedback on your message and the content through a speaking engagement and refine it. 
so that the book again is is something that's been refined and honed a little bit in in the real world. Yeah, the funny thing is, is you know, I I love to listen to teaching and training. You know, follow. I, I like to be mentored. Mm -hmm. I like to follow a lot of people. I am constantly learning. But one thing I figured out is is that there really is no one way to do things. So you know, you always have these gurus that tell you you know, oh, you have to write the book first, then you do the speaking engagements. And then you'll have someone say, no, you do the speaking engagements first, and mm -hmm. then you write the book. And mm -hmm. you know, what I've learned is, is that sometimes you do the speaking engagements first, then you write the book. Sometimes you mm -hmm. have to write the book first before you do the speaking engagements. So yeah, I think you really have to look at, you know, what is what is the best avenue for you? Some people actually, what I have found, and I mean, I have worked with probably closer to 300 clients now, but at least 200 okay. clients is some people are better verbally than they are in writing. Others mm -hmm. are better in writing than they are verbally. And mm -hmm. I found the people who were better verbally actually did better speaking everything out, refining speeches, working through things, doing the videos and all that mm -hmm. before they did the book. But people who, who tend to write over speak, it's actually better for them to write the mm. book first yeah. then work on the speaking because you're yeah. working with, with your strength. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think that's the key is to uh, discover where your strengths lie and, and nurture your strengths, play to your strengths instead of trying to trying to overcome your weaknesses, you know, nurture your strengths instead. Yeah. So Dave, let's, let's switch gears here because you have written a lot of books mm. and, so first of all, tell us about the current one, the one that is near and dear to your heart. And I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Okay. Well, I think I have two books that are near and dear. The, the How to Sell Anything to Anyone, Anytime book. And, you know, unfortunately, I think I had to do over again. I'd come up with a different title. It's about sales processes. And it's, it's, it's about how organizations can sell better and how individuals can sell better. And the book became, like I said, became a worldwide seller. And I had three three international entities recommended as one of the five best English language business books, not sales books, business books. So really, you know, it was it's a substantial work, I think. And the title doesn't convey the substance of it, you know. So so that's but that's but that really, I mean, it's a really good book, frankly. And I recommend everybody get it. If you're going to sell anything, either as an organization or contra independent contractor or a salesperson, you need to read that book, How to Sell Anything to Anyone Anytime. So that's one. And then and then a most recent book. Now I'm working on another one right now, but the most but the most recent book is, is something I call the the good book on business. And that was a title. It's kind of interesting. So that was a title about the biblical principles in business. Here's a, here's a nice little story because it illustrates some of the things we're talking about. So I sent it to my to my agent, who said I'm not sure about this because it's it's kind of quote religious, you know. And he's the actually he was the one who titled it. My agent came up with the title for it, and I said okay, let's give it a shot. And he said okay, we will. And so he created the title. We created a book proposal. He put it off, and he couldn't sell it because. The view was that it was a religious book, not a business book, when in fact it was both. So so it came back to me. I said, okay, then I'm going to self-publish it. And, and so yeah. I self-published it. 
and you know, kind of a nice story about how these things work in in real life. And so, and and that is that is a book that um, there are insights. I tell people once you read this book, you will never think of business the same because it's 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 an incredible your business has an incredible place in the stories of the Bible. And we don't recognize it because we we never looked for it. But once we begin looking for it, we see it all over the place. You know, yes. Bus- business is really, truly close to the, the, the heart of God. Dave, I could not agree with you more. As a Christian, you know, my journey in entrepreneurship has been very much guided by the principles in, in the Bible. It has been, you know, guided by God. Yeah. You know, I pray about my business and, yeah. you know, God has closed certain doors. He's opened certain doors. Uh, you know, he has told me things that I can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. And I know that may seem strange, but to be honest, the things that he has told me not to do actually have protected me in my business. Yes. Yes. And kept and now, don't get me wrong, I can't say that, you know, everything was a success and, you know, I've had this rise, yeah. whatever. Okay had some deep valleys in the business sometimes and I've had some failures and had some times where I'm just like, seriously, God, like, why am I even doing this? Yeah. But some of the things he protected me from because I said no, because I felt his leading to say no have actually been great blessings in my life. Yes. I've had exactly the same experience, Kim. And that, that is not only has he opened doors for me and closed others, there are times when he absolutely said no to something that I was working on. And looking back on it, whoa, was I glad that he didn't do that thing, you know? I had the sense he was protecting me, he's protecting me from a situation that would certainly go south. Well, so I'm going to recommend you and everybody else go get the good book on business, you know, Amazon or, or wherever you, you want to buy. It's all over the place, but the good the good book on business. And you will you will see. Again, your views on business will never be the same. You'll yeah. you'll see business in the light of the Bible in a way that no one, to my knowledge, no one has really come across until we dug into this book. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. So, Dave, there's one question I ask every author that comes on the show, but because you have both trade published and self published, I want you to answer it twice. So once. Okay you know, from the trade publisher point of view and once from the self-publishing point of view. So the question is this, what has been the good, the bad, and the ugly about writing, editing, you know, publishing, publishing your books? And you can go at it from both sides. Yeah. Well, okay, let me do it. Let me answer it twice then. First, from the, from the publication, from the perspective of a trade publication, the good is you're working with, with professionals, people who really know their business and they're living. And so when they say, this doesn't look good, or don't do this or do that, you listen, you know, because you're getting wise, experienced advice. A trade trade publisher will promote the book and distribute the book in ways that you probably are not going to be able to do it. So if you're looking for widespread distribution, a trade publication is the way to go. The bad side is that it's a lot more work. Like I say, you gotta you gotta create a book proposal. I mean, that's a 75-word document just in the hope that somebody can use it to sell the book, you know? So it's it's a lot more work and it's very and it's uh you know it's, it's work that you don't necessarily enjoy doing, 
you know, like looking up the competitors of this book and reading them all. And, you know, it's, uh. so anyway, that's the trade publication, the self publication, you have, you know, you have the ability to control it, which is a mixed blessing because, because you may not have the, you may not have the wisest word on this thing. You know, you might think you do, but maybe somebody else does as well. So that's, that's a plus. You can bring it to market quickly. You know, a, a trade public or a self-published book can get to market much more quickly. You you can acquire copies less expensively. You know, because the a trade publication is going to put a little profit in the in the books you buy from them. And so, if you want to use it as a, as a tool, send it out to all your prospects. You can do it cheaper with a self-published book than you can with a trade published book. But uh, you know, right off the top of my head, I say those are those are the goods and bads of either side. If you want, if you if you um, if you're interested in publishing internationally, a trade publication is the way to do because they have departments to do nothing but that. So, in my case, all all of my trade public publication books have gone international, and like say the 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 uh, how to sell anything to anyone anytime is in twenty countries, and so on. So. But I can't. I can't do that myself. I wouldn't even know where to begin. It'd be a lot of work trying to to get a self-published book international. So you know, there's pluses and minuses. Just depends on where you are in your career and what you want the book to do for you. Thanks, Dave. I love that. This has been a fantastic interview. So, Dave, we have just enough time for you to share a final thought, and then if people have enjoyed this conversation, how can they connect with you? Well, uh, they can connect at my website, www.davekahle.com, and that'll take you to lots of different places. We, I have uh, I have e-zines that I write every week, and we have a couple podcast shows and blogs and all that. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff you can access through that. I guess my, my last thought is that I think if you're a consultant or a speaker, the the book is a is is necessary from two perspectives. Number one, again, we talked about the credibility issue, but the other piece is that the book forces you to think precisely. And as a as a coach or a consultant or a speaker, you are expected to have a coherent, well thought out message. And sometimes the only way to do that is to write about it first. The act of writing forces discipline, forces clarity, forces specificity. You know, and I think if you're gonna if you're gonna put yourself out there as a coach or a consultant or a professional speaker, you're expected to have a coherent message. And the way you get that one step in the process is to write about it. Couldn't agree with you more, Dave. Dave, thank you so much for being on the show today. Audience, if you have enjoyed this episode and you are on YouTube, you're going to see a thumbnail somewhere here on the screen. And it'll be just the previous episode, episode 474, Secrets for Keeping Your Message Seen in Evergreen. If you are on your favorite podcast app, it's really easy this time. Just scan back one. It's another great message that will enhance your business and help you with your messaging and help you to be seen even more. So audience, thank you so much for listening and we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to the Author to Authority Podcast. 
the extraordinary word ninja, Tim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.